Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 324 of the podcast. It's the 6th of April, 2022, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a wonderful conversation with Ellie Winokur. Ellie, her wife Jody, and eight-year-old Celia have always unschooled, following Celia's interests and flow. Ellie shares some of her experience embracing pretend play and the deep connection that comes from stepping away from the mainstream adult-child power dynamic. She also shares how she has intentionally created an inclusive environment for Celia and some ideas to help other families do the same. We talk about finding community that supports us and our families and how that can change from season to season. Ellie's connection with Celia and the joy of their unschooling lives is inspirational. And be sure to check out the show notes for links to some great resources Ellie shared if you want to learn more. Thanks so much, Ellie. And before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons, those who are new and those who've been around for years. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now here's my conversation with Ellie. Welcome. I'm Pamela Rickia from livingjoyfully.ca. And today I'm here with Ellie Whitaker. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so I have really enjoyed learning more about you and your family in the network over the past couple of years. And I am delighted to have this opportunity to dive deeper with you. <laughs> so to okay. get us started. Can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what is everybody interested in right now? Oh, thank you for having me, Pam. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are a family of two lesbian moms and one non-binary kid. We live in Boulder, Colorado in the U.S. Um, Things we all like to do are hike and watch funny animal videos on YouTube and play board games together. Um, so the, our child is Celia. They're eight years old. Um, they're non-binary. They say they feel like they're between a boy and a girl. Um, Celia is compassionate and fun and a very creative thinker. Um, they're really active and they love being outside, like finding bugs, climbing trees, making forts, like all the things in nature. Um, Celia tends to go through like deep dives into things. So we'll spend a year making a recipe or two every single day, not a recipe, making up a recipe, like just baking (laughs) Um, for a year or like learning everything about plants and trees, you know, just like deep dive for a year or playing with dolls like all the time. Um, And it's, it's really fun. <laughs> um, Celia lives with an abundance mindset and it's just, it's so beautiful to be around right now. Celia's like, I don't know, biggest passions are being social. Like they've always been social, but like hanging out with friends, they have a, a group of kids in the neighborhood that they love to play with. Um, and then getting together with homeschooled friends, just like individual play dates too. Um, they are just learning so much through playing with their friends. Um, and they're also really, really into dogs. We have a little white fluff ball staying with us this week, Lily. Um, and we also walk a golden retriever, um, uh, twice a week too. And Celia says that they would pay to hang out with these dogs. So it's pretty awesome that they get paid (laughs) to play with them and walk them. And Celia is so like responsible and capable with it. Um, it's just, it's amazing to see. Um, yeah. Uh, Jody's my wife. She's 50 and Celia calls her mama. Um, 
<laughs> I call her my concrete sequential queen who keeps us fed. <laughs> um, she's practical and kind and she loves her work and she's very dedicated to our family. She's, um, she does a lot of cooking and she's very good at it. She's passionate about that. Um, between the three of us, we have a lot of food sensitivities. So we have to make like everything from scratch. Um, but she's a physical therapist at a local hospital and she specializes in treating people um, who have cancer, especially breast cancer. Um, she loves music. Right now, she's really into Sarah Bareilles. Um, she's learning about emotions and pain right now. Those kind of those are her interests. She loves Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart. Mm-hmm. So that's Jody. And then I am Ellie. I'm 41. Celia calls me Ema. Um, I so before Celia was born, I was a bilingual speech language pathologist. Um, but I love being able to focus a hundred percent of my energy on unschooling Celia. Like that's, that's, all, that's what I do. <laughs> um, I love unschooling and I'm very involved with the living joyfully network. Um, I love to read. I'm always reading a lot of books at once and listening to a lot of podcasts. And I just feel like I love stories, learning about people's lives. And my brain just loves stimulation and learning. I just can't get enough. Um, I love to walk and hike with our standard poodle, Lyra. I love being outside and in nature so much. Um, I've, I've moved around a lot as a kid and I've lived here more than I've lived anywhere else. And so it's been really cool to like watch the seasons change and like really learn all the plants and the wildflowers. And like just this spring, I saw um, mountain bluebirds for the first time in the mountains and they're so beautiful. Like <laughs> I just, yeah. I get very excited about nature. <laughs> um, and my other interest, I love watercolors. I've been getting into playing with watercolors. I think I've shown you a little bit. Um, I, I lose track of time when I'm painting and I just, I don't know what it is about it, but I just love, I love it. So I'm enjoying that. Um, I've been deep diving into gender lately and I've especially lear- loved learning from Alok Vadmenin, who's a, a trans, uh, non-binary um, activist who's just amazing. Um, and then a more silly interest, but very serious. <laughs> we watched, um, have you seen Encanto, the new Disney movie? Not yet. It is high on the list. <laughs> There's a song in there called surface pressure that's sung by like a really strong sister of the main character. Um, and I have become obsessed with it. So Celia and I know all of the words and we enjoy singing that. So I don't know. That's an interest too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing. I, I love the variety and the, you know, you pointed out the things that you guys enjoy together and that each of you enjoy on your own. And I am still thinking about and super loving the observation about Celia, how her deep dives are like lengthy like around a year. That is so cool. And that's something, you know, when we talk about when when people first come to unschooling, like to give it time for a while, because you need that, you know, six months, year to really see how learning unfolds, because things, you want to be able to see the connections. You want to be able to see how things kind of change and flow over time, because that helps you like trust in in unschooling as as a process, and it helps you trust and engage with your kids or with anybody in your family, right? To be able to see that richness over time, it's it's kind of mind blowing, isn't it? It is. It is. It's so fun to to witness, you know. And then there are other little interests like Lego, you know, that come and go. But like just to know that they um, really do that deep dive thing and just to know that that'll be there. And then they, they, they silly like retains all that knowledge and everything that they learn that goes with them, even if they're not doing it all the time anymore, you know? So it's very cool. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's the other piece too, right? Because that's, that's one of the big differences. I was talking about it yesterday that with unschooling, because they're diving into at whatever depth, but stuff that they're interested in, they retain that mm-hmm. so much more than mm-hmm. it's like, here, pick this up, do this, like to show us on the worksheet or to show us on the test, you know, whatever it is. And, but because they don't engage with it regularly in their life, 
I mean, I know I don't remember lots of those pieces. I could pick them up again, obviously, but they don't come with me day to day. Yet over time, we see with our kids that, you know, you see lots of things, I'm sure with Celia, like you were saying, like the Lego pieces and all these other pieces, but they come forward with her and weave into the moment so much more easily than, than certainly that's happened with me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I just want to let you know that Celia's pronouns are they, them now. I oh, guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It's okay. <laughs> it, it, it takes so much time to like get yes, used to yes. <laughs> like put it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, thank you very much. Sorry. Celia. Okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you very much. I really appreciate you making note of that for me. <laughs> Um, all right. So I wanted to dive a little bit more into your days because we've been talking about this in the network this month too. And I have found the, the concept of flow for me to be such a good description of how unschooling feels kind of day to day as we move through our days. Mm-hmm. And you have been sharing lots of beautiful stories about your days with Celia. And that word seems to fit so well um, with you guys too. So I was hoping you could maybe describe the flow of your days, certainly right now, or maybe over time, because I know it doesn't stay static, but that's the <laughs> flow, right? <laughs> yeah, I was actually just talking to Jody about like my thoughts for this. And, and she was like, it changes. Make sure you say that it doesn't stay the same. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure to mention that. Um, Yeah, no, flow is definitely what we do. And it's been interesting in the network because people have been talking about like, I'm, I'm more into flow and other people are like, I really need lists, you know? Um, And that that was, that's, it's been a really interesting month, but um, I think I'm more of a flow person. And so is Celia. Um, And we just like to flow with how we're feeling and, you know, like, I don't know, like to choose what we want to do based on what's going on for us and what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it's take, it feels pretty easy to do that now, but it did take some work to get to that point. Cause I think, I don't know, I started out at a place where I'm like, well, we should, you know, do this and then do that. And, you know, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, so generally we, we co-sleep Celia and I, and we wake up together, just like excited. Like, what are we going to do today? Um, lately, first thing we've been eating chocolate ice cream in bed together. <laughs> um, I feel like our relationship's kind of different from, you know, sometimes what I see other mainstream parents and children. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> um, there is, there is a general rhythm to our days, you know, like there's no root like schedule, but there is a rhythm. Um, but it, and it could be thrown out the window if necessarily necessary. Um, usually I take our, um, standard poodle Lyra for a walk first thing in the morning. And then Celia hangs out with her mama and that's good because they have some one-on-one time together. And then I get some exercise, which I just need. (laughs) Um, but in the warmer months, Celia often comes with me on walks. They love to do that. Um, and I think there's an idea out there that we as parents have to be alone to pursue our interests. And I have like over time found that to be like, not true. Like I can, <laughs> I've, I'm used to having Celia with me like all the time. So even if my wife is around and I could be by myself, if Celia wants to join me on a walk, great. If, if I'm on a zoom call <laughs> um, and they want to snuggle, awesome. It just, it feels like we exist in this little bubble of love and joy and I'm just happy to be with them. Um, and like, if there are things that I wanted to do, like I fit them in around what's going on with Celia. So like, if they are really absorbed in Legos, that might be the time when I can get some dishes done or I can focus on something that I want, you know, just kind of weave it together. Everybody's interests are important, you know, and we all, we all get to pursue them. Um, Anyway, so after we, after my walk, we usually like spend time at home. Um, and my focus is really on following what Celia wants to do and supporting them. Like often Celia will just start playing. Um, if they can't think of anything to do, I'll be like, I'll come up with ideas. I'm like, do you feel like, what do you, what do you feel like in your body? Do you feel like being active? Do you feel creative, like making art? Do you want to cuddle and watch shows? Do you want to go somewhere fun? You know, like come up with ideas and we always figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and sometimes they play by themselves and sometimes I'm playing right there with them. And, you know, um, sometimes Celia and I have very different energy levels. Recently, Celia felt like playing tickle monster at the playground, but I was overstimulated. I explained what was going on for me and we found a solution that worked for both of us. We ended up playing a slow game of cuddle monster and hugging trees until I felt better. We both have ADHD. It's been helpful to know that as it helps us understand ourselves. There's a lot I could say about ADHD, but I'll just say it's like having an interest-driven nervous system. Both of us have so much passion, dedication, and focus when we are truly interested in something. This is perfect for unschooling. We're both clear about what we are interested in. I love that we have the time and space to follow where our interests lead. We like to keep our schedule very open so we can do what we feel like in the moment. I have learned from Celia that if it's not a yes, it's a no. We have very few commitments, usually one play date a week, maybe something else. Celia really doesn't enjoy classes or anything structured as it feels like they're being bossed around. So understandable. When we do need to be out of the door at a specific time, we try to use tools and work together to make that happen. Our favorite is a visual timer called a time timer that shows us how much time we have left visually. When we meet our goal, Celia and I cheer Team ADHD and give each other a big high five. Getting out the door on time is hard if you have ADHD. <laughs> Partnering with Celia feels so much better than trying to be controlling. The things that I need to do as a human, I hold very loosely in my mind. If I need to cook or do laundry, I fit that in while Celia is playing contentedly. I definitely pursue my interests, but they fit around what is happening with Celia. <clears throat> so I might bring watercolors with me to the park while Celia is busy with their friends. Celia loves to play with the other kids in our neighborhood. We arrange our days so that we are usually home and ready to play when they get home from school. The things that are important to Celia become a priority for me. We also take my wife into consideration. Jody's at work most of the day, but I know that she feels so much better if she walks into the house at the end of the day and it's not a complete disaster. I do my best to tidy up before she gets home and have the kitchen clean. Her needs are important to me and become part of my flow. At the end of the day, there is a lot of resting and reconnecting. Sometimes I'm worn out after a long day and I need to retreat to a quiet, dark room alone for a bit. Mostly though, Celia and I love to snuggle and talk as they process what their playtime was like with their friends. The parts that were fun and the parts that were hard. I listen, validate, and we talk about solutions if that's needed. They trust me. And I, I'm grateful for that. When I'm, with, when I'm with them, no matter what we're doing, I feel like this is exactly where I should be. We love being together and we're doing the things that we love. So there's a lot of joy. One thing you said that, that bubbled up for me, because it was, it was um, a big piece of my transition too, was that um, the idea that we can fit the things in that we're interested in doing within the flow of mm -hmm. our days. Like, like you were saying, when Celia's, you know, busy doing something with Lego or, and they're fully engaged in whatever mm -hmm. they're doing, there are opportunities for us to do other things. But that was something like, I am a very much a list, list person. And I've learned for my lists to become part of the flow. As in what I do is I don't, I, I learned not to put timelines to my list. <laughs> yes. As soon as I, I put timelines to it or gave it, oh, like if I did this at, you know, in the morning and then this, that's when conflict would start to, to bubble up. Right. Because, you know, maybe uh, if, if Celia wants to do something in particular that, that she, they want to do with you, right? Then right. and you're looking at your list that says this time, <laughs> like that just just feels awesome. And, and you want to choose to be with with them. And of course you choose that. And then like for me anyway, and then I would feel bad that I didn't do the thing that I had on for that time on my list. But as soon as I didn't have time on there anymore and I didn't think in even like days were too small a time frame, right? But you know, this week, you want to know that was another piece. Once in a while, I realized, I eventually realized that things aren't that much of an emergency. Yeah. They don't really need to be done today. They can right. be done like over time. So I would, I even now, like I, 
before we got on this call, I wrote, I'm like resetting myself uh, after a few busy days. And it's like, okay, things I want to do this week. I, I broke into like this weekend and this week. Like that was as much of a time frame as I wanted to put on. And I don't have young kids. <laughs> but yeah, that I, was I'm, something that I took that was just so valued to me as a human being that these things can bubble up and weave into the day in the flow rather than me trying to direct things more. Yeah. I feel like for me, it feels like I hold them very gently in my mind, the things that I want to do. And then just like figure out when, when's, when's the right moment, you know, as it, as it's flowing. (laughs) And and, and don't you find too, or I find anyway, that when I'm doing them in the flow, oh my gosh, it just feels so much better. I, I feel better because, oh, look, this, this time is kind of married to this, this thing that I wanted to do. And I find I am maybe more efficient, effective. Like I just, I'm, better able to do it at the pace that feels good and that meshes with the moment, Mm -hmm. right? Versus when I keep trying to direct things too much, um, it it really messes with, with how I embrace the moment. Like it's so much more joyful for me when it's in the flow rather than when I keep trying to knock it into, into the day. (laughs) Does that make sense? Oh, totally. It's like, you can follow, like, I don't know. I feel like I can just follow my inner desire for what I want to do in that moment. Yeah. I I feel it works out so much better in the end. When I look back on my day and my week, et cetera, like I just, I feel better about it too. (laughs) Okay. So um, you shared on the network a bit about your journey around play. And I thought that that was really inspiring because pretend play can be challenging for many parents. I remember that as well. And trying to pick and trying to um, find ways to engage in the moments when my kids were interested in pretend play with me. Um, So I was hoping you could share a little bit about your process through that and what you discovered. Yeah. I mean, it it can be hard, right? Like (laughs) I get that. It's gotten easier for me. I think that I'm particularly like silly person to begin with. And my kid is pretty like insistent that I'd be good at playing. So, (laughs) 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 but I will share my experience. (laughs) Um, So like, I have a couple stories, like when Celia's loved dolls for a really long time. And initially, like I didn't engage much with them. They played by themselves or they played with a friend. Um, but at Celia's request, I asked my parents to find the baby doll that I had when I was a little kid. And I, I was, they gave them, they gave her to me when I turned two right before my brother was born. And so when my parents found her and gave her to me and I held her, I held her, (laughs) um, it was like my little like kid self showed up. Like I remember playing with her and just like feeling wonder at her eyes opening and closing and like the smell of her and the feel of her. And I just remembered like loving her. Like it just became so real. <laughs> um, so Celia and I named her Pumpkin Sparkle. Um, and to clean her up, like I accidentally damaged her eyes. And uh, so we had to bring her to the doll hospital, but I was really nervous to do that because I was very attached. And so... I ordered another one from eBay that was exactly the same in brand new condition (laughs) before I sent the other one off. So now I have two, but um, the point is that like Celia just saw how much I genuinely loved my dolls and it just inspired so much play between us. Like they gave me clothes for my dolls. We made a little bedroom for them, all sorts of things. It just felt like I was bringing my like kid self all the way out to play with Celia um, and I feel like people like, may feel judgy about that, but it was really, it was a transformative thing. Like Celia was more experienced and they had more stuff and they shared with me and helped me out. And I could relate to the love that they felt for their dolls and see how generous and kind Celia was as a playmate. Um, so we did all sorts of things like wearing them in slings and going to the park, all, you know, um, you know, and Celia is like the things that they love, that's kind of who they are, you know, and it's so wonderful to just join, join in that, um, you know, and just to take, I just saw how important it was to take their interests so seriously and play with them, like on that deep level, you know, mm-hmm. um, there've been other times where it didn't feel as automatic, like Celia loves these little Hatchimals, they're like little plastic figurines, um, 
And my like adult mind was like, oh my gosh, they're plastic and they're expensive and you know, blah, blah. Um, but I like decided to see what it would be like to choose to love them. You know, just what, you know, what can I find to love about this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. <laughs> like, it, you know, they come out of little eggs and you have to hatch them and it's a surprise of what you're going to get. So like, I don't know. I ended up really becoming quite fond of them. Celia gave me like, a, I think I have like seven now of my own little Hatchimals and I'm, I love them. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, and then it led to me ordering more Hatchimals that were like secondhand and we made eggs out for them out of paper mache and like just to surprise them with stuff like that. Cause I know how much they loved it. Like it, it made their eyes shine and just, I can see it, how big of a deal it is to be so like seen and loved through that. Um, yeah. That's what came yeah. to mind for me is, is how seen and heard they must've felt like in those moments. And I think like you were saying, what a way to, to learn more about them. Yeah. right to really be able to see through their eyes and I love your what if what if I really loved this you know yeah. how would that feel and just and I think that's part of the pretend play too like can I just adopt a role for a while and just see yeah. how it feels and when we do that little leap of trust so often we, yeah. we learn so much and when we can like if we have to think about it as a role to help us kind of release the baggage that we may be feeling as an adult who doesn't play with dolls or, you know, stuff like that, yeah. whatever helps us to, to kind of release that baggage for a bit to dive in with them. Oh my gosh. Like we just learned so much and we have so much fun. Yeah. And as you were mentioning like that, that the child that I was, you know, we can really learn so much about ourselves there. That's what I was getting. Learn so much about ourselves alongside it. It's, it's healing for us and it helps them feel seen and heard and loved. And then there's the actual fun of the play. <laughs> there's just so yeah, much, right? It's there's so much. Like one, another thing that we love to do is like, we take baths together. We've taken baths together the whole life and we both still fit and we're both comfortable with it. So we do it and we play baby. We call it baby in the bath and I'm the baby and they're the mommy. And we do these little scenarios and, you know, sometimes it's like baby's getting a younger sibling is really upset about it, but you know, but oftentimes we're working through things that have come up recently for Celia that they've struggled with. And we take each other's perspectives from in that scenario. And so I'm literally acting this thing out from Celia's perspective. And then I like feel all of these emotions. <laughs> I get, I'm like, I'm committed. I apparently my wife says I'm very loud, like just to, to like be open and brave enough to like really go to that space. Mm -hmm. Um, is kind of hard. Cause you're like, I have all these things that, you know, I need to do. And it's just like a totally different brain space that you need to be in, I think, to do that. So, um, and it, yeah, it, like we were playing a game with, um, like an Esther Perel has some kind of question game with, uh, Celia's biological father as a friend of ours and, um, his wife. And the question was like, what makes you feel like you're on top of the world? And my answer was playing with Celia. It just brings me so much joy. And like, this deep connection with my like, open heart. It's just like the best thing is when we're like engaged with each other at that level. So yeah, it means a lot to me too. <laughs> it's been helpful in de-schooling too. It's just like that connection becomes so strong if you can play, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's a wonderful way too to help with that kind of de-schooling process of, you know, moving away from the kind of adult, child um kind of power over perspective like that that we just carry that it's like well I need to you know be the one like not even in a negative sense but I need to be the one who has like the answers I need right. to, um direct things I need to you know be an adult at all times and it, what it does is I feel for me anyway, it brought up my value and respect for being a child. Like it 
doesn't mean that I lose my experience. I don't forget any of that. I bring that with me and I dive into that and I see how beautiful and capable, like as you've been sharing lots of, you know, little stories about Celia, she's very capable in those moments yeah. too, to see through your eyes, to um, bring like how capable they are of, of um, sharing how they're feeling and their emotions and the context of the situations and like all those pieces, like kids are so much more capable than we typically give them credit for, right? So if not, I'm going to like shed my adult and I'm going to revert to being a child. You know, it's not going backwards. It's leaning in and being more of ourselves. But like you said, so much more open and vulnerable. And But there is just so much reward, rich reward, right? For ourselves, for our connection, for our relationship, like, so many pieces. So I know it's hard, but I, that's why I really wanted to talk to you about this because <laughs> there's just so much freaking value too. If we can um, release some of that, that baggage and weight that we're carrying around, like I'm an adult and I don't do this when we can move through and just be curious, right. And say, Hmm, uh, what if I was a person that, that loved this, this kind of play, a love yeah. play or whatever our child is interested in right? so that we can join them and see through their eyes and see what they're loving. That also helps us um, learn more about them such that we can bring more of that into our lives, right? It's, it's just so rich. <laughs> Beautiful, Pam. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's a yes. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it so much. I think it, it is so important and makes me a richer, I don't know, more interesting, more fun grown up, you know. Exactly, that. exactly. And for me, I feel like it, it blurs that line, grown up, child, adult, child. And for me, makes us all human. Yeah. At yeah. different ages and yeah. stages of our lives, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, we should probably move on. <laughs> so you have been very intentional about cultivating an inclusive and supportive environment for Celia, which is very obvious already from your stories. But I would love to know what that has looked like through the years for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that has been really important for us. <laughs> um, I feel like with unschooling, you like hop off this assembly line of like, education and you start questioning how learning happens you question that happiness and success are like guaranteed by getting a's and doing all the things that are expected of you um and i feel like when you start start to question things it's easier to really look at all the shoulds and supposed tos that are out there harming us um and the world that our children are born into that we're all born into has a lot of messages about how you should be and what kinds of people are better what is that? Yes. <laughs> My approach, to, yeah, has to unschooling has been has been centered around loving our child unconditionally, like fully celebrating them for who they are right now. And I want my child to grow up knowing that they that who they are is wonderful, and um, that they're just they're they're so lovable. <laughs> um, and it only makes sense to me that we extend that love out. Like it's not just our unschooling children that are worthy of love. Everyone is worthy of love. Um, so I want to show. Celia that I like there are so many different kinds of humans out there we're all different shapes and neurotypes and genders and sexual orientations and everything um you you know and we live in a cisnormative heteronormative like imperialist white supremacist capitalist patriarchy shout out to Laverne Cox and Bell Hooks and that's that's brutal like it so it's just so important to me to show all of that to my child and so that they know that everyone is lovable and that they are loved. Um, and it's just, you know, Celia is part of a marginalized group in that they're a child, you know, like they are used to being in a home where they're treated with respect, where their opinion matters. Um, and they're very aware that this is not the case most of the time, <laughs> you know, they notice that other kids are treated in not gentle ways and they see how it impacts them. And it's, really upsetting and confusing to them because that's not their reality. 
Um, so they're, they're sensitive to others not being treated well, and they're able to wrap their head around like all sorts of oppression. Um, so I've had more experience with LGBT. So I will get to, you know, how, how we've made it more inclusive and I've had more experience with LGBTQ issues. So I'll talk about that a bit more. Um, so I was born with this body. And so everyone assumed that I would grow up to be a straight woman. Um, I didn't know any LGBTQ folks when I was growing up in the eighties and nineties, you know, at the time was very different. And, um, but I did get the message that those people were bad or perverted and ugh. Like right after I left home, I you know figured out that I was a lesbian and I came out when I was 20, but it took me a long time to work through those negative messages that I've gotten, you know, like how could I be gay, which was like apparently so bad, but I feel like just like a normal human. Like I'm, I feel like a good person, you know? Um, and I love my parents so much, <laughs> but they really struggled when I came out. Like they didn't believe me when I told them who I was. They tried to stop me from being gay by pulling me out of my life at college and showing and telling me how much they disapproved. Um, and that, that was just devastating to me and so harmful. Their disapproval didn't change who I was, but it did leave me feeling unloved. And there's a lot of research out there that shows how damaging parental rejection is to LGBTQ youth. It's just deeply <laughs> damaging to, to, to children. Yeah. So we've always told Celia that we love them no matter what, no matter what their gender is, what their sexual orientation is. Um, and since they were tiny, we talked about what do those things mean? Like, what are the, what are the different ways that people are? And they were perfectly capable of understanding what transgender meant or understanding that two people could have, that someone could have two dads. Um, you know, right now, if we were like, oh, that person, our neighbor is bi, they'd just be like, Oh, you know, it's like they have brown hair. It's just being LGBTQ is normal, mm -hmm. which I think. <laughs> um, I think the assumption that most parents have, you know, when their children are born is that their, their kids will grow up to be straight and cisgender. Um, you know, and I don't think, I think it's, it's been important to me to not make that assumption. Um, and people can get really upset when anyone deviates from those expectations. Like there's still, right now so much legislation trying to control people and put them in boxes like texas you know <laughs> florida right now um and there but there's like humans are diverse like there is such natural rich diversity in our bodies in our sexual orientations and genders and there has been throughout human history this is not a new thing um like alok vadman and he talked they talk about that a lot like that this has been something that's been going on for hundreds of years. <laughs> um, so anyways, when Celia was born, we like dress them in all the colors. We offer them all kinds of toys, not just like girl toys. Um, you know, and um, we didn't use like really gendered language. So we didn't say princess or little man or things like that. We just use words that were, could be used for any child, like monkey or love bug, you know, those are mm -hmm. their nicknames. <laughs> um, and we've been, you know, really mindful of using inclusive language outside of our home too. So like if someone tells us that their pronouns are different, we try our best to use those new pronouns, not just when we're with them, but also when we're just yeah. talking about them and they're nowhere to be seen. Um, or if someone's walking down the street and we see them and commenting on something, we don't guess at their gender. We don't say, we'd say like you, how people look, you don't know what their gender is or what their pronouns are. So we use they, and then once we find out what their pronouns are, then we use the pronouns that they've told us. Um, like there's a neighbor at our park who, um, who I think had experience with um, their daughter had a trans friend. And so when I, I didn't know that. So I came up and I said, have you seen some boots? And they were like, oh yeah, the kid came over and they grabbed them and they ran off. And I just said to them, I was like, you use they, you didn't assume that my child was, any gender, it, it made a big difference to me because it, it hurts Celia's feelings when people like just guess the wrong yeah. pronoun or assume anything about them. So um, yeah, so that's something else we do. Um, oh, Celia has two moms and that representation, you know, is, has been important to us too. So we like, there are lots of books, the library um, where dealing with LGBTQ issues, so many books, but we also like, if we don't have any, you can take a book and if there's a dad in there, you can make that, that dad a mama. 
you know, Celia doesn't think twice. Her, her mama, their mama is pretty butch. So they're just like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or make some, make it, make a person non-binary. Like you don't have to, I don't know. You can, you can play around with it. It doesn't have to be a specific book. Um, yeah. And like kids figure out these pieces of themselves when they're pretty young, like gender identity, like kids have a, a feel for that pretty early on. And I think that it's so important to like give examples and show all the differences that are out there. Like, I just wanted Celia to be able to see that. And so, because if you don't see that, I think it's so hard to be able to understand who you are if you don't see any examples of someone that, that's like you. And you can end up thinking that there's something wrong with you or just like hiding that for so long until you finally do see that representation. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And when Celia came out as non-binary, like it was a big deal in that they had an, like a new realization about a deep part of who they are, like at their core, but it was something that they feel comfortable. They felt comfortable telling us immediately, like <laughs> right away. Um, <laughs> and Celia is like just such a social confident kid. And they've been raised in this like very queer friendly bubble that we've created, or just like our community is queer friendly that they they just were like, well, so that's what it is. Let's tell everyone. And so like most of the, the people in our lives knew within like three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, but like, so we, in age appropriate ways, you can talk about the reality of the culture that we live in and um, the ways that people are oppressed. Um, you know, like Celia and I will talk about, some people think that the white people are better than um, people of color what is that? You know, like we talk, we talk about it. Um, you know, some people think that two women can't be married. Can you believe that they haven't learned that that's totally okay. So, um, in general, we surround ourselves with people that love and respect us. And we talk about how we deserve to feel safe. (laughs) And I've modeled with Celia, like taking up space as a queer person, asking people around me to use more inclusive language, like saying spouse, instead of assuming that everyone is in a husband and wife situation, and Celia's been a part of those conversations and has helped with those conversations. Like there's children are capable. <laughs> um, and like we model standing up for other people. Like what does it mean to be an ally? So I'm not trans, I'm cisgender. So it's easier for me to like talk to our grocery store um, about the signs in their bathroom. Cause it said something like only like ladies, you know, have periods. I don't know. So referring to that, but if you're trans, that is a hard conversation to bring up. You have so much trauma and oppression that you've already dealt with that it's so much easier for me as a cisgender person to be like, hey, not only women have periods, can you change this? You know, like be an ally, like stand up and say something when you see something that's not okay and not inclusive. So I don't know, but my experience coming out as a lesbian was rough. And so we just wanted to create space for our kid to be who they are and to know that they'll be loved and supported unconditionally by their parents. Um, and I just want them to know that everyone is valuable to understand oppression and know how to be an ally. Like, just like I support my child's interests, I also support them as they come into their identity. So, yeah. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> I have goodness, well, thank you very much for sharing that. And, you know, just kept popping in my mind as we were talking about the richness of pretend play like Mm -hmm. that is the richness of like the individual and as you started you said I can bring that to our lives in the world right and there is that richness there and leaving that space and um living in that space of richness of all the possibilities of sexuality and gender and, and race. And just like everything is, is who people are like, like they're without the the judgment piece, without that ranking piece, which you mentioned it earlier too. What came to mind to me is how that seems similar to how people define success. Yes. Right. Yes. That box that they define, like that is, to me, all those pieces are seem part of that puzzle for them and that very, um, very conventional puzzle and how they define people. And yes, I'm so sorry about you for your experience as you came out, but that's, you can see that, that puzzle there for them, right? That box there. 
So yes, I love how you you described so richly all the different pieces and how fun it can feel to create that space for our kids, right? I mean, to me, listening to you, that felt fun and rich and open and welcoming and just all yeah. the wonderful things. Like it doesn't need like like even when we're talking about oppression and those pieces, moving through that is is about being more open, right? Um, it, it We can understand those pieces and help our kids more understand those pieces because they are out in the world. Like you said, Celia's meeting all sorts of people, right? And they're like, hey, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> That's different. And then they can see there are choices and options and that people think differently. And you can have conversations about why you guys see things differently, right? And, and you can create that space for that. So, yeah, I love that so much. Thank you so much for all those different pieces. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not, I feel like it's not different from the other things that we do with unschooling, you know, like I follow Jeffrey Marsh on Instagram and TikTok and they're non-binary and they sometimes have little videos where they're like, kids, let's talk, you know, like you don't have to be this way or that way, you know, and I show that to Celia and they love it, you know, like there are, you know, yeah, it's just, it's so easy to bring in all these different types of people, people who are autistic, people, you know, just all kinds of people and just show them the world, you know, like that's, I want to open up the world to Celia. (laughs) And that goes back to like human beings, right? Like for me, that was the piece um, that, that really helped. And that was a big part of my unschooling journey. Like later on is that transition from, Oh, you know, um, I can love and respect and have kindness and compassion for the individuals in my family. And oh my gosh, all people are this, right? And and then all of a sudden I could bring that kindness and compassion and love to everybody else and understanding that they, they are where they are. And also there's yeah. more, there's this diversity, there's this richness. And you know, no matter where they are they are a human being and they are awesome where they are and i can you know meet them when when um when i choose to mm-hmm. right because we still have choice in in there as yeah. well and like you said that that choice to to be an ally and to be able to like you know have a moment where i can speak up where i i'm in a spot where i can um you know bring up something so that other people don't have to, et cetera. But yeah, the just I just felt the richness there and the richness growing into the world. That was so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so talking about community and the world, yeah. I, I found um, when I was, you know, when my kids were younger and I was really getting into unschooling, Finding community was so valuable for me, both for my kids and for myself. And the network has been a great place for us to connect. And it's been such a wonderful place. Like I keep learning and growing and hearing other people's stories. And I'm just so grateful, too, that you and another member have came together and started a new group there recently called Open and Curious. <laughs> For LGBTQ families. I love that. And I was hoping you could share a little bit about how you find community for you and Celia, how that has all flowed for you. Yeah, I think when they were little, in my head, I was like, we'll take a music class and then we'll go to this mommy and me thing. You know, like I had in my head, like (laughs) things. And then we started unschooling and I was like, oh, we should probably go to that park meetup, you know? I had to let it all go, you know, I just like, you know, it's part of the flow thing again, right? Like yeah. what, what's up, what's Celia up for? Celia likes being in our neighborhood. We've lived here for 10 years. Celia was born in our house. <laughs> um, they love being in this condo complex. They love being in the park across the street um, in the pool in the summer. Like so many people have known Celia since they were born. So this is, that is an important part of our community is just like our neighborhood, we feel connected to the parents and the kids and the the dogs and and just knowing and being known by that community like really brings us a lot of happiness. I think it's it's an important. I think community is really important. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, for 
for unschooling, like the Living Joyfully Network has been huge for me. Um, thank you, Pam, <laughs> for, for starting that. And I know you work so hard on it. Um, unschooling is a non-traditional lifestyle. It is not the norm. Um, and so I'm just always surrounded by people um, in my day-to-day life who are not unschooling. They're, you know, just mainstream people. And so to be surrounded by others who have similar values and are who, who are on a similar journey to me has just been so essential. Um, just like when I'm out in the world, people ask what I do. And I don't even say unschool. I just say like, I, we homeschool, you know. Um, but that en- like ends up leaving out a huge part of myself. And people, like it took me years to unschool, to like de-school and to like really understand this. And I'm like, I don't expect my two sentences to like <laughs> explain that to someone, you know? So I just... I can feel like unseen by people in the world because they just, they don't get what I I do. And so I think it just becomes so important um, to have, have that community. And I think um, the network folks in the network can really, you know, they get it. They can see who I am. Um, And it just, it also like hugely has helped me like deep in my practice of unschooling, you know, the monthly themes, the weekly calls, like all the posts that, that are there all the time. Um, so it just keeps me supported and going in the right direction too with unschooling. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, like the last zoom call that we had, I think I was just feeling, I don't know, some kind of way I had my period or something and I was just feeling off. And then just the call with everyone just felt so happy and so connected, you know, with everyone. It just put me in a good place. So, (laughs) yeah. And I think before I would have been a little bit judgmental, like you can't have friends that you've never met in person well you can you can (laughs) I have some close friendships with people in the network and like we really those are real those are real friendships so I don't know my life feels like so rich and supported now like because of the network especially with the pandemic going on my goodness but like I can show up and be myself my little queer playful unschooling mom self um (laughs) and just be seen. And the, the open and curious group has been, has been lovely. Like that, the name came from your mantra, open and curious, <laughs> which I feel like is so perfect. Like for like exploring, you know, these LGBTQ issues that a lot of us don't understand that much. Like that's a good mindset to be coming into, um, into that kind of discussion with. Um, so yeah, that we're like talking about, you know, diving deeper into, um, LGBT issues. And then also fun stuff. Like what are your favorite TikTok accounts to follow <laughs> that are like queer? So, um, yeah, the, the network feels like a really just safe and inclusive and joyful place for me to be. So yeah. Thanks, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that that's lovely to hear. Thank you so much. And I think and that's one thing uh, Anne and I talk about a lot is that, Again, you know, we were talking earlier. I love all these threads, you know, about adult child. And then then there's this thing, you know, that some people certainly maybe at the beginning, they, we are conventionally trained to look for experts. Mm. You know, somebody who's going to teach me, somebody who knows, you know, yeah. I can, yeah. who can tell me how to do things, right? And, you know, that is not at all how Anna and I, you know, see it. And we just feel like, like people there and it is so inspiring. And I am learning so much. Like, it just feels like a lovely community of people Mm -hmm. that I get that, like you were saying, they get us, you know, we can come and when we ask for ideas or feedback, we know we're getting it through the lens that's more useful to us. Like we wouldn't take a question around connection or parenting or anything. You wouldn't take that question to your lovely condo community. No. (laughs) And there's nothing to say that we need one community that supports us in all aspects of our lives. Right. Right. That is what I love. Like, the open and curious community, like that is awesome. And that's got a focus. And that is, you know, where we can dive deep, deeper into those kinds of questions and, Mm -hmm. and fun just through that lens. Right. And then there's the wider kind of unschooling area. And then there's our local community. Like for my kids, 
the community that they found as they were growing up was was around their interests. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of like we didn't we traveled to meet unschoolers. We did not know any in in our yeah. lives. Right? <laughs> but that is the wonderful thing about community when you open up to it is like we have all sorts of needs for connection in various areas, things that we're interested in, the lifestyle that we're choosing. Um, you know, people that we can engage with face to face, like whatever our needs are, like we can find um, community that that brightens us and and what is like I, it's just that fill us up <laughs> that can help us feel full. Like you were saying after that call, you were just like, ah, you know, I feel lighter. I just feel more. I feel more me, right? Yeah. And and we can find that in so many different communities. That's that's the piece that I love too, and I just love how it's. It's it's so fun to find those pieces that put that together. And sometimes we grow out of communities and we move on and we find other ones. Like I, I think if we have an expectation that I'm going to go in and I'm going to, it's going to meet all my needs, et cetera. Like that, that can be hard because, yeah. because we are whole human beings, at, very unique with our own set of interests, our own personalities you know, our own ways we are in the world. So, you know, to find different communities that fill us up in all the different areas of our lives, I think that is a beautiful, a beautiful way to um, come to the world. Like I keep going back to the word rich in this whole conversation. There's just so much richness in all these different areas. And that is something I learned through unschooling, like through coming to unschooling. Again, back to that, you know, I had that box before, you know, I went to school, I, you know, I performed as expected, doing the things that I was supposed to do. Like I was very firmly in that box and didn't really look out. Like literally uh, my eldest had been in school for years before I even knew homeschooling was a thing. And and I quickly looked up to see if it was legal where I lived because, <laughs> and it was like this whole world opened. It's like whoa, you know. So it's it's just so fascinating to see how rich and beautiful the whole world is, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like right now, like my life is my biggest focus is is focus is unschooling Celia. And so to be able to dial, like to hook into an unschooling community, like that's going to mean the most to me right now. Cause that's where I want that community around me. And that's where I want the support, you know, and it makes unschooling so much easier and fun too. Like with all of that bolstering me, you know, in my unschooling journey. And I think one, the other thing, and then I'll shut up about it, but is that what I loved about, community and because like I said you know Anna and I find we are just learning so much continue to learn so much and we continue to expand our own understanding of unschooling but that was the beauty of being in community I wasn't just considering the questions about unschooling that were in my life at this moment right right I there were all sorts of other questions and other families and other dynamics and like other contexts that I was being exposed to and that I was Mm -hmm. thinking about, which um, made my understanding of unschooling richer and bigger and helped Mm -hmm. me put it together such that I could really lean into the foundations and start to understand Mm -hmm. what was foundational to it, because Mm -hmm. that's what kept coming up. Whether it was question, you know, from a family with kids older or younger or, you know, just you know, different neurotypes, like all, all that richness that I couldn't be exposed to just within my own family or within, you know, even my local community, right? Uh, There's just so much of the world, so much more of the world there. And when you can understand it and how, how start seeing it through all these different lenses, you become more confident in, you know, in the, how the relationship and the connection is like such a strong foundation for learning, for life, for being human, like all those pieces. And I think I understood it more quickly because I was open to seeing it in action in so many different ways than just, 
oh, I have a question, answer it for me, you experts, and then I'm going to go off and do the thing and I'll come back if it's not working, you know, that's the difference in learning. And then understanding that and living that for myself, help me understand unschooling better for my child as well, right? Because there's this richness of context and of Mm -hmm. just diving in with them where they are. They, that's where they can make so many rich connections and understanding at the pace that they're ready for, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I talked a lot there, but... Watch, like, I've been in the network, like, for a while, and just to watch, like, people that just come in and then to watch things evolve and just... It's very cool. Very <laughs> cool, isn't it? <laughs> All right, Allie, what has surprised you most about how unschooling has unfolded for your family so far? Um, I think like how much the emotional learning and healing that has come with unschooling, like I'm in awe of my kid. Their self-knowledge is amazing. Like their ability to communicate, to navigate relationships, solve problems. It just, it blows me away. Like I could not do that in my twenties. <laughs> right? <laughs> like we have conversations about complicated emotional and social things they're amazing. Like I, I think, and it makes such a difference. I think that they have parents that they feel so safe with and that they trust that they can have these conversations with, but um, you know, I will always have more work to do. <laughs> Thank goodness. But I I'm surprised at how far I've come. I'm the oldest of four kids and I was a really controlling big sister. I was like mean sometimes and aggressive. Like I wasn't in touch with myself. I just like look for external validation at school for my parents. Like, what a lot going on. Um, but like, I've come so far, I think from unschooling, you know, it's therapy, but like, <laughs> like we, Celia and I, like we stay in a, like an easy loving flow together most of the time, you know? And like the work that I've done with de-schooling is like really helps me catch when I'm kind of going a little sideways and bring it back, apologize, like get, get back in a good flow. Um, I just feel like I have so many tools, like a lot, you know, the uh, redefining, redefining childhood summit. I signed up for that early on in my um, unschooling journey. And that made such a difference to me because you dive so deep <laughs> into some of those topics um, and it just made a huge difference for me and like so many tools anyways, but like, yeah, I feel like I look back and early on in my unschooling journey, I just felt like shut down, like I was numbing. Um, and now I'm just like flowing from thing to thing, following my interests. Like there's so much joy, like, you know, even if it's a ridiculous thing, like learning the song from Encanto, like, I'm just like, that's fun. Let's do it. You know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing how good we how much growth there has been um, and how connected we are and how, how good it feels. So I don't know. Yeah. And like Celia is such like a guide on that front, you know, like, yeah, I learned so much from them. Yeah. Yeah. I I found that too. And I feel like I get to, I've gotten to a place of like so much, you know, loving Celia so unconditionally has helped me love myself so much more unconditionally and accept myself and like, through this journey and embracing Celia, like I, I've healed so much and I like have, I feel like I'm better at being just like my authentic self. Cause I'm not striving for this one little thing, you know, like just to really come into myself, to heal, to be me, to love myself. It's just, it's a good place to be in the world. <laughs> so that I think has been a surprising thing. I wasn't expecting. I was just, you know, focusing on the yeah yeah just focusing on oh learning well we're not going to school so this is just a different (laughs) way for my child to learn right and holy bananas this is a lot of of work on me (laughs) and it is so rewarding yeah I I remember it's I found my children very valuable guides on the journey as well in that like it was so much easier to have that like one thing removed, one layer removed to see it and accept it in them and then realize, oh, yeah, I'm a human being too. <laughs> like to see them, like I grew up making mistakes was like not good, right? right. I avoided that. Like I would, 
I would not ask questions at school, you know, even through university. It's like, oh, I'll go find that and figure out for myself because I didn't want to be judged as not knowing something or make a mistake, get something wrong. Yet watching my kids in action and seeing them, you know, have something go sideways or not work. And Mm -hmm. they're just like, they keep going and they keep going. And that was something I admired. And I'm like, holy bananas, I, I admire it in them. It's okay when it happens. There was just so much healing and growth that came to me. And that's just one tiny example, right? When we see our kids in action, they are like full human beings. There's so many different aspects to being human that they play out for us so beautifully. And that realization that like, oh, me too, is just amazing, right? But yeah, you have no idea when you get started that you're in for that treat, right? (laughs) I feel so grateful. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of work, you know, all of this, but it's, it's so worth it. Definitely worth it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Ellie. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. I was really, that was wonderful. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, Before we go, where can people connect with you online? The best place would probably be the network. Um, I'm on Instagram, but like you could probably find me there. I can, it's ellie.ema. I'll send you the, the information for that. But um, yeah, mostly the network. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too, Pam. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.